Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball vs. Life, episode 13. We're here. JC, what's up? What's up? What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. I think... Uh... I think all the travel has finally caught up with me, man. I'm um, I'm not a hundred percent, but uh, with Pod Life, man, the show must go on. So I'm gonna gut it out. All that vacationing got you sick. Life is hard, right? Life is really hard for you. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not complaining, bro. I'm not complaining. But you know, Father Time has a has a way of putting you in check, and <laughs> definitely, my body can only handle so much travel. And you know, when you're traveling, dude, it's not like you're, at least for me this past month, it's not like I was just sitting down, dude. I was walking, I was driving, I was, <laughs> there's a time difference. And it's kicking my butt, bro. Even though uh, you said Father Time <laughs> takes its toll, you still played ball. <laughs> you told me that you still played ball under the weather. <laughs> was that a good idea or not? Ah, uh, man, it's not a good idea, but uh, the season's coming to an end and we need all the W's we can get. So, um, Especially during this time of the year where, you know, a lot of people are kind of um, going off on vacation like myself. Um, <laughs> our squad is uh, losing numbers. So anybody we can get out there helps, even though I'm like one fourth of body when I was there. <laughs> but I told my coach, man, I'll give you all, all I got. And, you know, if it was just a couple of offensive rebounds and a box out, so be it. How's how's that league going? By the way, I actually haven't asked you offline yet. Are you guys in the winning column or losing column? Oh yeah, yeah, we're in the winning column. We oh, were shit. undefeated until uh, this past uh, this past week. So we've been we've been doing all right, but the season is a grind, and uh, playoffs are coming coming soon. So I'll let for, you know how it goes come the playoff. For people that don't know, or and of course most people don't know this, but JC's nickname is Double Double. Per 48 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's double double for In and Out Burger because that's what I always <laughs> order whenever I go there. <laughs> Maybe in your 20s it was double double for the stat line, but but now it's double double for In and Out Burger. <laughs> Shout out to In and Out, man. Yeah. I played ball this, uh, this past Friday and. It was much like the Game of Thrones season eight season, winning with a lot of promise, but by the end of the season, it's just trash. I was so bad. It's just one of those days where nothing goes right, and I was I put in the effort too, but just nothing goes right, and I put hey myself man. to shame. We've all been there, where at, at 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 some point you try everything, your mind's in it, but the body just not, does not respond, and it's just. It's disheartening, and it's uh, as we get older, dude. These those days seem to be more frequent than than not. <laughs> yeah, it freaks me out a little bit when I see. I was playing against this other uh, this young kid that was was a lot more athletic, a lot more more energy. Yeah, just gonna mm-hmm. keep up with them. It's one of those things where I was like, damn, the age is starting to get to me. But you know what? I came home after that, and I told myself, nah, it was just a bad night. I still got it. <laughs> I don't know, eat. man. <laughs> I've had those. I've had those nights, and I've I've seriously pondered hanging it up like i i was just like man i think i think i'm done man i think i think i need to just i just need to get rid of all these shoes and i'm just i'm done retiring 
I can just imagine you with biofreeze on your knees, <laughs> the hypervolt, and you're like, dude, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, should I hang them up right now? <laughs> the, the, the more I contemplate not hanging up, the more shit I have to buy <laughs> to get to the next game. Hey man, it might be, uh, it might be a good business decision as far as I'm concerned. At least I'm not spending money for for um, for maintenance. But let's not talk about basketball, man. The the biggest thing that happened this weekend was Game of Thrones. And just to put it out there, guys, if you don't want Game of Thrones spoiled or have any spoilers, please please mute us right now and come back in another five to seven minutes when we yeah. go back to basketball. We're giving you enough warning. If yeah, you have yeah. are not caught up, press pause right now and. Fast forward five minutes because we want to talk some spoilers. Yeah, dude. But yeah, bro, what happened? Oh, God. (laughs) You want me to facilitate the Game of Thrones? Also, the Game of Thrones talk. The host has to facilitate everything. Dude, Game of Thrones, man. Epic fail. That last episode dragged. And for those people that haven't been keeping up, it's just been an epic like fail for me. I hope I, I don't know if I'm the only person that thinks this. I'm definitely not because I heard there was like a petition that was out there that like a million people signed to have the writers like re- or like to rewrite the the last season or something like that. It's pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, it's just so disappointing just because like there was a two year hiatus and everybody was expecting that this would be like the most epic season ever. And don't get me wrong, production-wise, you know, they came through with just some really epic scenes and whatnot. But just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't satisfying, bro. And it just, I don't know. I I guess expectations are sky high and everybody wants it to be picture perfect. And, you know, anything short of just like an epic, perfect finish is just, it's not going to make people happy. With that said, I was extremely disappointed, man. There were so many... WTF moments watching it and we were, you know we were just like come on man is it really gonna be like this again spoiler alert did but I'm gonna say next did you like the fact that John killed uh, Daenerys uh I mean I, I like the drama I like the angle the yeah. execution was just kind of underwhelming like you figured given all of their history you figured that there would be just like some crazy occurrence but it just kind of, I don't know, man. Like the, the way that they executed a lot of these deaths and executions just wasn't true to form with like the Game of Thrones drama style, Red Wedding kind of level of like shock value. I mean, you kind of expected that someone close to her would just do the deed. Yeah. But it just it just didn't hit the mark for me, man. So. A lot of that shit just didn't make sense. And I will say this, that... One of the coolest scenes was Drogon just kind of like losing his shit when Danny died, uh, Daenerys died. I was like, man, that's a faithful animal, right? It's like it's like your it's like your dog, man. It's your best friend. Like they're gonna be like, what the fuck? That was a cool scene though. I, I thought he was gonna burn Jon Snow. <laughs> I was like, dude, this, this guy's done. Although Jon Snow has Targaryen blood, so maybe he I know can't that's get burned. A, he he might he might he might he might end up do, looking like the night king right after that <laughs> or he, he might burn off like the human part of him and he would, see that would have been dope man if oh he, yeah that would have been dope if he blew flyer at john snow and then all of a sudden he was the night king that would have oh, been like so freaking <laughs> dude, that shit would have been epic <laughs> you should you be a writer mean? bro you but should be a writer again i mean it just i felt like they just kind of wanted to wrap it up but it just wasn't as epic so i don't know dude, man bran Bran winning the Iron Throne. It's yeah, funny I, because they, they had the council get together and then they were voting on who should be the next king or queen or whatever. 
Yeah. And then like Tyrion elected Bran and I guess everyone went with it. And then like I don't I think was Sansa was like, This guy has no dick. He can't have any kids. I was like, What the <laughs> fuck? Way to put this guy know, on blast. Exactly. Everything about like this wrap up hat, you know, was set up for to be memed and to be made fun of and the internet is definitely teeing off on Game of Thrones. I don't know, it's just like having I don't know, the Blazers or someone win the, <laughs> the world championship. It's just you're just like what? It just didn't really have the epicness that we were hoping. We're slowly losing a lot of these sort of epic stories. I mean, Avengers is is done. Game of Thrones, at least the OG one, is done. But it yeah. seems like all of these franchises are just setting up yeah. for ev- you know like extensions or spinoffs. And it just seems like it's just more of a money grab at this point instead of really providing a really satisfying finish. So... I yeah, I, I I really do hope that the spin-offs they 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 kind of stick to the theme of Game of Thrones, which is character development, uh, and really like digging into the whole aspect of war and what that does to people. That's the coolest yeah. part of it. And then at the end, they just rushed everything and just everything went to shit. Nothing made sense. None of the strategy made sense. So that's that's the really disappointing part. You know, but I'll say this. It's nice that the season, the series is over. I, the whole season, I was just like, you know what? Just end it already. Just end our fucking misery. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, watching it, it felt like Game 7 of the, the Warriors losing to the Cavs. Oh, like, everything that they would put up, they would just miss. And it just wasn't <laughs> doing it. I mean, obviously, I wasn't as heartbroken as that game. But it just felt like that, that moment. Really? Is it? It's, this is how you're going to do it? Yeah, and, and and Kyrie and uh, and LeBron were the the two writers <laughs> that, that killed. Uh, I th- I think they they're always like there's like some inside look on into the episode. And there's always like two writers or two producers that always talk about like their reasoning for everything. Yeah, that's Kyrie and LeBron putting a dagger into the Warriors' hearts, which is which is us, man. The fans of Game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, good riddance, Game of Thrones is a great run. On to the next. And yep, there's and- so much drama with the NBA playoffs. Thank oh, yeah. God that yeah, we yeah. have plenty to talk about. There, there's that, a lot to talk about. Of things. And for those, uh, thank you for muting. You're, you can, you're welcome back. We're, we're transitioning to the NBA. Let, let's talk Warriors and Blazers. We just The game four just finished. And guess yeah. what? Our predictions were wrong, bro. <laughs> Our predictions were yeah. wrong. It was better than expected for you. I'll say that much. <laughs> you didn't have the guts to predict a sweep. So I'll put you on blast for that. You didn't have the guts to do it. You you, you guessed the gentleman sweep because you yeah. want to give the Blazers some props. Uh, but yeah. look, the Warriors for, for a while I up. thought it would be a gentleman sweep, but the Warriors somehow pulled it off. Man, um, it was a tough last three games. They were down all um, all last three games, and they were able to pull out some big wins. Yeah, um, yeah, and I want to say game two, the Blazers had a great half. They were up like 15 or 14. I, m- I might be yeah. a little off by that, but they were up double digits. And people yeah, were thinking, yeah. oh, man, they could be stealing this game too. And the Warriors are playing really badly. And then, yeah, the Warriors did Warriors things. And yeah. Draymond played an amazing game. And Draymond's been playing an amazing series. I'll say that much. He's been yeah. co-MVP. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Steph Curry's the other MVP. They've been co-MVPs of this whole series without, without Draymond stepping up. And, you know, what? he's shown a lot of maturity. He hasn't really argued with the refs. He's been yeah. really composed, very un-Draymond-like, yeah. to be honest. 
There was actually a lot of coverage, and there were there was a lot of questions with regards to why there he's been chirping a lot less. And one of the things that Draymond had um, had mentioned in one of the the interviews was that I guess he he saw his son watching one of the games, and uh, apparently his son was kind of mimicking a lot of the NBA players, and mm. his son was actually shooting shots, flopping, falling down, and like kind of. Mimicking, like complaining and whatnot, and he said at that point he realized, man, his son watches too much of the NBA, and he wanted to, to make a better example of being an athlete because kids are really impressionable when they see that kind of behavior. So a lot of maturity on Draymond's end. There definitely was not a lot of chirping. I think this series, both teams came to ball. A lot of the players that were in the series, I have a ton of respect for. Especially Portland, in many ways they were not supposed to be there, yet they found themselves in in a position to make the finals. Props to Portland. Yeah, and just to put it in perspective, Portland's path to play the Warriors was not easy. The first round they had to play Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's a really tough matchup. Even though Paul George was injured, that's still a really tough matchup for a first round series to play the the Thunder. And Lillard came up big, hitting that that game. Was it game six? Uh, three point shot winner to close the series over Paul yeah. George, who said yeah. that was not a good shot. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? If you make it, it's a good shot. I'll say that much. Uh, and then they played the Nuggets in a seven game series. It was, it was a shootout, which you know a lot of people were saying they were kind of burnt out from that seven game series to play the Warriors, even though the Warriors were hurt. But there's no yeah. excuses in the playoffs. You got to bring it, whether you're playing a seven game series or like coming off a seven game series, every game is a chance to win, and the Blazers just couldn't pull through. Game two, they lost, and it was a close game. Yeah. Towards the end, yeah. Iggy came up with a huge defensive play, and the Warriors yeah. just made all the key offensive plays as well as defensive plays. And I want to say Iggy's injured, but that steal at the end where he just ran off the court looking at his hands was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to, to piggyback on what you said, Portland had a really, really tough journey. Um, to get to this point to compete with the Warriors. Like what you said, that first round was tough. In the second round, they had that epic 4 OT game where they they pulled it off, and then they went 7 against um, the Nuggets, who are a very, very good team as well. They have a lot of talent, and they have a lot of experience. And in addition to a lot of these, um, these games... Right now, the playoff schedule is the games are every other day, so you don't really have a lot of time to recover mm-hmm. and, and and reset. You, you're just pretty much playing a game every other day. Times are hectic. Games are coming in at a furious pace. The playoffs is a grind, man. They're a grind, and you know a lot of people may scoff at you know the Warriors run thus far, but all of these series, you're playing with the best teams at the world. You know, these are the top teams in the league with the best talent. And if you somehow make it this far, whether or not you win or lose, you're still playing at a high level to put yourself in that position. Yeah, and I think uh, the people that scoff at the Warriors, definitely this year, there's there should be less noise because the Warriors have been dealing with a lot of injuries. KD going out Mm. in the Houston series, and also this, I mean, also DeMarcus Cousins going down. That's another facet of the Warriors dealing with injuries, and Iggy Mm. actually didn't play this last game, which is why I thought Portland could pull off this game. Being a home Mm. game and being being desperate, I was thinking, man, this is the chance for them to win this game. Without Iggy, that's a huge, huge difference, considering they have two other starters that have been injured. 
uh, that are injured. Yeah. So what do you think happened with, with Portland? I mean, mm. you mentioned that, you know, outside of the first game, which was a blowout, understandably, just because they just came off a of game seven and they went straight to Oakland to play that game. Portland has a lot of opportunities. They were up by double digits for game two through four. What do you think was played a role in terms of why they squandered such golden opportunities with the compromised Warrior team? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think, as we talked about before, if CJ and Lillard struggle, and Lillard has struggled most of this series, at least game one through three. He played a really good game in game four. He mm-hmm. didn't come up clutch at the end. But you can tell that just over the span of the game, they got battered down by the, by mm-hmm. defensively by the Warriors. And they kind of rely on a lot of ISO plays to create their shots. Mm-hmm. They do have bigs that set up screens for them, but it's a little different than the Warriors. When the Warriors have their bigs like Draymond set up screens, there's a lot mm-hmm. of action that goes with it. But with the Blazers, it just doesn't seem that the big really has, is effective because Draymond is an ex- excellent defender. Whether it's mm-hmm. Leonard or Cantor, they're not really rolling the basket and getting good good shots. They're not getting these mm-hmm. layups or bunnies that, let's say the Rockets struggle with too, that I thought the Rockets would actually capitalize on with Capella. But the Warriors mm-hmm. did a really good job shutting that down. And I think it just became more iso ball for them. And the bench didn't really come through. Rodney Hood, and he was an X-Factor that you pointed out. Yeah. He really didn't show up this series. Yeah. Evan Turner, uh, you know. Yeah. He, he was a no-show in the series. Um, you, you make a great point about Dame. I mean, he, he struggled. One of the big things that had been noted, kind of sad actually to hear about it uh, be mentioned before Game 4, was that he actually had a, like a separated rib. Yeah. There's a play in Game 2, I believe, where there was a loose ball, and him and Kavon Looney went after it. And Kavon, in the pursuit of the ball, kind of fell on top of uh, Dame, and he mm. just kind of knew that there was something wrong. Uh, with that said, Dame... Was still playing through it. He still suited up. So I give him a ton of credit. But you kind of just had a feeling he wasn't 100%. No excuses from from him on his end, it seems. They weren't at 100%. And and again, uh, just to kind of echo what... Uh, what you said mm-hmm. i mean my x factors at least my x factors didn't really come true for portland a lot of their bench players did not really come through i think the biggest story was myers leonard blew up <laughs> on uh, game four he had 25 points in the first half which is yeah. a career high in the pros and in college this guy had a wow. magical game so that was only their opportunity to really kind of be able to steal one against the Warriors just because if they have, like what you said, found money, this may be an opportunity for them to just capitalize on, you know, the lack of depth that the Warriors had. And Myers Leonard definitely played uh, a big role in at least making Game 4 competitive. With that said, yeah, I do feel like as much as Portland was competing... We have to give a lot of credit, and I know I'm, a, I'm speaking mm-hmm. on behalf of the Warriors, but we have to give a lot of credit to the Warrior players. Yeah. Steph played brilliantly in the mm-hmm. series. Uh, Draymond showed his value as potentially being the primary MVP of the, of the mm-hmm. team here, just because he, I honestly think he willed you know, a lot of these games yeah. to be won. Game three for sure. In Game 4, he had a triple-double. So as much as Portland was competing, and I do feel like they were competing, the Warriors really showed their their experience, their their um, their championship medal, and their, their desire to win. And Draymond was a huge part of that. Yeah, I agree. I, in watching these games, 
they're all really close through most of the quarters. But once when the fourth quarter hits, especially the last five minutes, you just see the difference of execution. I really do think the the Warriors having that championship experience and also that continuity. And I'm not saying Portland doesn't have continuity because CJ and Dame have been playing a while together. But it's at a different level of experience yeah. in clutch yeah. moments. And you could yeah. see they just executed way better, making those plays that they needed to make. Yeah. One thing that surprised me, and uh, in many ways we could expect Steph and Dre to play at a high level just because they have all those mm-hmm. rings in their in their backpack. But it surprised me at how well the bench for the yeah. Warriors played this this series. At the start of uh, Game 4, I saw Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell starting. That's I was trippy, already kind of worried, man, <laughs> just because I'm just like, when will this catch up with us? These yeah. guys are put at the highest level of basketball at this point, Western Conference Finals. They're starting, and... Alfonso McKinney has no playoff experience, man. He I was know. yeah, he was playing he was playing in Luxembourg like a few years ago. This guy is just undrafted. So I didn't know how he would respond, but he made a he made a couple of bonehead plays. Uh he missed some shots, but he also made a couple of key plays and that guy plays hard. So I got to give credit where credit is due. He was frustrating to watch at times, but Alfonso McKinney actually made Damian Lillard pay for a couple of offensive rebounds that were key plays at least in this game 4. Yeah, definitely. I, and Kevon Looney has shown up, showed up for a long time. Was shitting on the Warriors bench, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I can't shit on them anymore because they've stepped up huge. Uh, they probably matched the production of the Portland bench. Not to say the yeah. Portland bench is amazing, but I was mm-hmm. thinking going into the series that the Portland bench would have an edge on the Warriors bench, and that hasn't been the case. I do also want to point out that Draymond's leadership skills. I think it was last game where Jordan Bell missed uh, some kind of layup or dunk or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if you remember was, this, but he was, went up. Yeah. yeah, You tell the story. It was a breakaway dunk. It was a breakaway dunk. Jordan Bell definitely had a breakaway dunk, and he just kind of tried to dunk it one-handed, and he missed it. But what were you thinking? Yeah, he was really down on himself. But you saw Draymond just pull him up because he's young. He's, that young, he's a young cat, and Draymond has, has all that experience, and he really led by example. He didn't, you know going on him and that was like an important play every play in the playoffs is important so give a lot of credit to Draymond you can definitely see oh yeah yeah I remember that that audio clip like um I think they, they've they been showing it around social media but basically mm-hmm. it was just saying like they had the they had the mic on Draymond and Draymond was like hey so what you missed your shot Draymond was like I missed a shot he pointed at Sean Livingston Steph Curry he missed yeah. a shot he missed a shot we all missed shots man just keep on playing and, and then later in the game, I believe Draymond actually had an outlet to Jordan Bell mm. for another opportunity. Nice little bounce pass. And Jordan Bell flushed that with two hands, making mm-hmm. sure that he made that. And people don't know how important it is for leaders to empower you, to make you feel comfortable, especially at this stage, to be like, you know, we believe in you. And hey, everybody misses shots. Some shit happens, man. But we believe in And I want to point this out. Draymond who obviously has been struggling with his shot, hit a huge three in this game. And that just goes to the fact that he's like, yeah, you have that mentality. Like, look, we all miss shots, but don't be afraid to take it if that's your shot to take. If you're open, boom, take the shot. And he hit that big three, man. (laughs) I know. I know. I I mean, we were talking about it during the game, right? You sent me a little uh, video on IG (laughs) where Javon was... uh, was like, dude, during warm-ups, he was just throwing bricks up there. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a three-pointer. It was just, like, mid-range bricks. Laying bricks. 
It's troubling, then, dude. It's, I won't lie. You know how it, we go to the game early and we kind of scout out players. Uh, uh, if, we're yeah. go, if we go, to, if we have tickets to a game, we scout out players and yeah. watching them shoot shots, and we're like, "Damn, this guy's putting up bricks." <laughs> exactly, exactly. But Draymond is the kind of player that has enough balls to actually just put it out there in OT, you know, in a tie game. When they give him the open look, he has the ultimate confidence in himself to actually make those shots and. I mean, I, I I didn't think it was going to drop, but he made it, and he made a believer out of me. I'll tell you this. A lot of people hate on Draymond, mm. but honestly, he is the heart and soul of this team. And when he doesn't bring the intensity, when he brings the intensity, it brings the Warriors up to a different level. Like, defensively, he just sets the tone, and everybody just kind of goes for the ride in terms of what emotion he, he brings and you may hate him if he's not on your team, but he's definitely one of the players that you love to have on your team just because his his energy can essentially will the team to win, and we saw it in the series. And what's interesting is we've been talking about this proverbial switch that the Warriors need to need to switch up because mm-hmm. they've been they struggled through the regular season to some degree, considering that they're this you know they're the they're the number one seed and. Everyone expects great things, so they were kind of on and off, especially certain certain games in the playoffs. And I will say this, Draymond has definitely turned on a switch once he hit the playoffs. It's a total different player than the regular season. And maybe it's, he mentioned, losing a couple pounds. Like, I think he said he lost 20 pounds throughout the season. And also yeah. KD going out, just knowing that he has to step up. Step up. But Dar- mm-hmm. Draymond has flipped the switch. This is... I was bashing on him throughout the season, and I want to pose this question to you, and there's going to be a lot of talk, I think, coming up soon, because Katie's been injured, mm-hmm. and the Warriors swept the Blazers. A lot of people are mm-hmm. going to say, Do the Warri- are the Warriors even better with Katie? I yeah, mean, everybody's asking that, that question, yeah, man. Because they're sure playing. matchup based. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. We can discuss it later on, okay. but I don't think that the Warriors are better mm. uh, without Katie. Katie Just different. Brings yeah, they are different without KD, but I don't think they are better. KD arguably is the top player in the league right now, and I'll take him on my squad any day, mm. offensively and defensively. Um, the players know that, um, and all of these these fans think they know better, but if you've been watching these guys forever, you know that KD makes them, quote-unquote, a better team. You just want to have players... Uh, on your squad and maybe in a different series maybe with a healthier portland team maybe with more rest it might be different but i'd rather have them on our squad than not tell you that and i do want to mention for portland they didn't have a key player in nurkic and he's kind Mm -hmm. of like their draymond He, he he does all the dirty work he gets in he gets offensive rebounds he's actually really proficient around the rim uh, he's just a defensive version of basically Cantor. Cantor cannot play any defense. He did an admirable job in the Denver, Denver series, but he's not known for his defense. So I want to mention that Nurkic wasn't in the wasn't there in the series. And another thing I want to mention is for the Blazers, what what do they do moving on from here? I think they need a scoring three or four. That's one of their biggest holes. Mo, Mo Harkless and Aminu didn't really do anything in this series, and it's yeah. it's kind of troubling. I don't know if they can get through this level, which is the Warriors, um, being swept. And also last year, they were swept by the Pelicans. And yeah, they, they, they did improve a lot. So credit where credit is due. 
Yeah, they could use a KD type player, but <laughs> those are hard to find. <laughs> I remember there was talk throughout the season that they should sign Melo, but Melo and KD are a big contrast. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think Melo would have helped them out this series. Let's just put it that way. Uh, let's move on to the yeah. next topic, though. We'll get back to the Warriors because we have to look ahead. The series is mm-hmm. over. It was a sweep. It's done. <laughs> they put mm-hmm. that. They put them to bed. Lakers, man. Let's talk Lakers. So much more shit has happened. I can't believe we keep saying shit upon shit is happening. So I mentioned last week's episode that Magic was going to be on first take. And first take happened. He came out and he talked to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. And they asked them some pretty tough questions. They pretty much asked, put him on the spot and was like, hey, we booked you as a guest. Tell us what happened with the Lakers. And Magic came out and straight out said that Rob Palinka was the one backstabbing him. He, only he, was the one back, doing the backstabbing. That's a lot to, to, to freaking um, just absorb. And beyond that, they asked him about ownership for the Lakers and they asked him about like just his job as the president and what went on. And Magic really spilled the beans. He spilled the tea. It's it was really telling. And I, I before going into it, I do want to say I'm really disappointed in Magic coming out and and saying all that stuff as a Laker fan, because yeah. it's just look. At this point, the damage has been done already, and I think he's just kind of looking out for himself, right? Because he doesn't want to shoulder the blame for all this blowing up. And look, we all know in a job there's a lot of internal conflicts, and Magic coming out speaking publicly about Genie and Rob. And the, the the ownership that's there in place, it, it's not going to help the Lakers. If he says on one hand, in one side of his mouth, that, hey, I love the Lakers, I'm a Laker for life. And on the other side of his mouth, he's trying to protect his image and brand. It seems to contradict it itself. And I just feel, I feel sad, man. I really do feel sad today to see that. And <coughs> just concurrently, the Lakers also had a press conference to introduce Vogel as the coach. So... That was so awkward. That was after the interview. And obviously the reporters asked Rob, Palinka, and even Coach Vogel a lot of these questions. And they had to kind of answer these questions for a a press conference that should be a celebration for anybody to get a job of this stature. Because there's only 28 teams and there's only 28 jobs, head coaching jobs. So kudos to Frank Vogel. I do hope he does well on the job. But it's a shit show to start this way to answer questions. I, I could go on and on about this. (laughs) <laughs> I want you to give me a little, some thoughts, man. I, I, talking about this, it's got me tripped up, man. I, I had all these things I wanted to say, but the more yeah. I think about it, it just makes me depressed, dude. Yeah, man. All I can say is you guys got some Game of Thrones type <laughs> of drama down there. I might even say that the Lakers drama is more entertaining than how season eight of Game of Thrones happened. Just because you can't make this shit up. You really can't make this shit up. You got Laker for Life Magic bailing out unexpectedly. And then now there's stories about backstabbing. Talk about some Game of Thrones type shit. You know what I mean? You got like some little finger. Like, I feel like Rob Palinka is like freaking, he's like Tyrion out there. He's just, you know, masterminding all of these possibilities that's that's happening. And then, you know, Genie is just like, I don't even know who Genie is. And then it's just, Magic is just like a pawn for everybody. Um, outside of the Game of Thrones reference, at least from a Bay Area perspective, it's come to a point where it's just like, it's kind of like a scene of an accident has already happened. You kind of, it was kind of funny at the start, but now it's just kind of gotten a turn for the ridiculous. 
I don't think it was a good look for Magic to kind of really put all the dirty laundry out there. Yeah, dude. Magic, bro. We know things didn't go out there, but like, if you really love the Lakers, you don't have to blast everything out and make it like make it sound. You know, basically just throw all the shit out there and make make it seem like it's worse than what it really is. I do think Magic is really trying to preserve his own sort of his public identity and his his reputation, but at this at at the expense of saving his own reputation, he really is staining a lot of how the Lakers are looking right now. Yes, it was an ideal, and I do think looking at a lot of the interviews that Magic had, obviously he's going to share his biased point of view, yeah. and I do think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I mean, Magic is really just trying to say, hey, man, I got screwed. And I just didn't want to be a part of it there any anymore. But the fact of the matter is, you know, there were things that he could have done to make the whole situation better. And it just didn't seem like Magic had any sort of discourse or narratives that suggested that he was really a team player. From a point guard that kind of led this sort of Lakers showtime, I expected him to be more of sort of a, a team player but it just seems like you know he wanted to do things his way mm-hmm. and this is his words like he would say i wanted to do me and he wasn't working well with others that's where situations like backstabbing occurs you know you're not empowering yourself he's not pulling a dream on in many ways yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean where you're trying to empower the rest of the people that you're trying to go to battle with you're just trying to do you like what I said, I do think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think people made mistakes, but instead of trying to make things better, it just kind of seemed like they were just at their wits end and they just, you know, he bailed. He literally just bailed on them and it just kind of sucks. So I'm sorry to hear about what happened. It was funny. It really was funny before, you know, given that you guys are rivals. But right now it's just like, shit, man. It ain't even funny anymore, man. You guys are like... It's just strange. It's like watching reality TV where in reality TV, you know, people are just trying to create drama, right? For yeah. the purpose of entertainment. And But we know this is not the case. This is a professional basketball team that wants to get their shit together. But more dra- yeah. drama keeps following them. And I want to make this point. Genie has a huge responsibility and fault for this. Yeah. Before Magic Johnson, she empowered her brother jim bus to handle president to handle those same duties that magic had and i get it i i gave her a pass on that because their father passed away and i did know that jerry bus wanted jim bus to have a chance at that job so at that point i was like all right for their father she wanted to give that chance to him and he failed so she had to remove him then magic came in where everybody's like all right you know magic's this charismatic person and the Lakers have been complete shit after the Jim Buss era that they were like alright he's the opposite of Jim Buss Jim Buss was not charismatic he could not go up in front of the camera he could not sell the free agents that's why nobody came here then Magic is the opposite of that and he he comes in with all this bravado and people are like alright maybe you can recruit somebody at this point we just need that allure back and Magic brought that but the problem is she empowered Magic but sure, he, he brought, quote-unquote, LeBron here, even though people said LeBron was coming regardless <laughs> because his family wanted But I, I don't want to... I don't want to Magic all that crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get bogged down on that. But regardless, they brought Magic. He, she brought Magic in for that, and she empowered him. And look at what happened. So it's like we can't trust her judgment anymore. 
it's a lot of nepotism, a lot of like hiring your friends. And sometimes hiring yeah. your friends is not is what is best for your company or your business. Yeah. You have to see through that rose-colored glasses that you have. That magic, yeah. sure, he 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 can speak a good game. He can get up on camera, but can he do the job? And yeah, I'll say exactly. this: he he was saying Rob was speaking a lot of ill things about him, but maybe the reality is what Rob was saying is true, that he wasn't doing the job that it took to be president. Yeah. And Ex- look, yeah. he could be a snake or not. I don't I I don't want to be the I don't know the truth. But if yeah. I was in Rob's position and he was my boss and he wasn't around, who would I go to? Would I go to Magic? No, probably because no, he would yeah. he would hand down the the freaking like gauntlet on me, right? I would probably yeah. go to Jeannie and tell her like, look, like Magic ain't around. How, yeah. Who do I talk to then? Because Magic's my boss. If I don't have anyone yeah. to answer me, then I have to go to you. So yeah. I, I just want to say there's certain dynamics in there that it's hard to filter through, and it's sad that we as as Laker fans have to kind of filter through it through Magic's perspective and, you know, Rob yeah. and Jeannie aren't really talking. So we're kind of going with what Magic says. Yeah. yeah you guys need like a, a three-eyed raven to kind of keep uh, keep some clarity in the situation. It really is like Game of Thrones, man, with all the whole nepotism and just trying to keep everything in the family. Yeah. That's where shit gets messy. And it's sad that, that it happened. I'll tell you what, Magic didn't really sound like he refuted any of the statements. Oh, yeah, he, <laughs> he just did. He redirected. He was just like, yeah, I got other businesses. I make more money on those other businesses than this. Why would I, I, why would I let that go? Damn fucking straight. So that's the case. If you can't commit to doing that shit, then don't do it. Uh, and, and so to put in... <laughs> like, to put in context what you're saying, you don't want to hire somebody to a job when they're like, dude, I got other shit going on. I don't need this. You want to hire somebody who's like, I want this. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life or whatever. My, the end of my career. I'm so passionate about this. You, you would have to tear me away from this shit. So I just want to close it up with this. So the Lakers moving forward with all this drama, the biggest important thing is continuity, right? If Rob Palinka is the guy now, you got to give him the chance to do his job. And look, we got to roll with what it is, right? There's a coach, there's a GM, We'll see how the draft plays out. We'll see how free agency plays out. There's going to be a lot that goes into this. We'll see what happens. It's just more drama. Let's let's move on to the next topic, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to move on because this is killing me, man. This is killing let's me. Move so on. As, let's move on. I'm, as a I'm, longtime I'm Laker fan, I can speak for a lot of Laker fans. It's, it's killing us inside just to see the disarray in this franchise. I hope they get this shit together. We have obviously no control over it. Remember, there were like a couple a week ago or something like that. Some, some there was like a protest outside Staples. Like forty people showed up, which meant yeah. nothing. But yeah, that's... shame, shame, <laughs> yeah, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. What's our next topic, JC? Just, just do it for me, dude. I can't, I can't next, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You seems like you're out of whack right now. Next topic is the Warriors closed out the Blazers and they make. Their fifth straight year, wow. fifth straight trip to the NBA Finals, which outside of the Boston Celtics, not even the Bulls of the 90s did yeah. this. The Boston Celtics of like what, the 60s were the only other team to be able to make five, at least five consecutive NBA Finals trips. It's just looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do a quick retrospective in terms of how we got to this point and then look forward to the next potential matchup. So just to just kind of look back, quickly look back, this was a really tough road for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything was actually going the different direction because they started off with the Clippers, which was a battle. The Clippers, 
despite not having any star power, was such a ragtag group of of warriors in many ways yeah. that they competed so much and they pushed the warriors to six games. And, you know, we got injured, mm-hmm. we got thrown out of whack, they mucked up the game, and it was such, such a tough series. I remember when we recorded with Leo, like, how frustrated I was at yeah. losing some of the winnable games. But in many ways, it was a good thing just because it kind of helped us focus early on just because we were susceptible to really just checking out. And then the Houston series came up, which, in my opinion, was going to be you know, one of the toughest tasks because Houston has scouted them and built a team built to beat the Warriors. They have James Harden, who is playing at an otherworldly level. And then CP was healthy this time, mm. right? And yep. then they had a group of 3 and D defenders that was really made to match up with the Warriors. That was a grueling series. And then they lose KD with Ooh. that calf issue. Yeah. So everything was uncertain, at that point, it was a 2-2 series coming into Game 5, and everybody was unsure about how that series would go. The Houston was bullying us, and we almost lost it. Mm-hmm. But somehow, Steph had his secret stuff, and he bails us out, and he balls, right? Which brings us to, brings us to this, this Portland series, and we've already covered that in this first, this, the, the first segment that we had. And we end up with a sweep. Wow. Right now, there are 10 days. May 30th is the first game of the finals, and we're awaiting who is going to f- come out of the East. Talk to me about how the East looks. Dude, the East looks good. I'll say that much. I think Milwaukee and Toronto, whoever ends up being in the finals, will give the Warriors a huge challenge. More than the Blazers, more than the Rockets. They, I especially think I'm rooting for the Bucks. I'll be honest. I'm rooting for the Bucks to get in the finals because I really like it. Uh, Giannis, he's he's a beast. He's he's basically already a superstar, but he's the next big thing, and I think he's mm-hmm. going to be carrying the Bucks to the finals more years to come. That's for sure. I mean, that team is stacked with shooters. And okay, I, besides before going into it, Toronto Kawhi. I mean, he's a beast defensively. I think I think the Warriors are gonna definitely need not just this squad they have now, they're going to need to get a little bit more healthy, I won't lie, to to be able to pull it off in the finals. I just don't see them, if Iggy's not healthy, especially if KD's not healthy, it's going to, I can't see them, I don't know if they can pull it off. This current team right now, if they don't get healthy, it's going to, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's not like battling Portland that is battered and, and tired. I do agree with your assessment of the Eastern Conference. I mean, they have some... For the first time in a while, we won't have home court advantage. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be starting the first game on the road, whether or not it's Toronto or Milwaukee. And those teams are stacked, man. Milwaukee has star power with Giannis, and they have a solid group of, of, of players that surround him. You have Brogdon, who's... You know, an unsung player. He's also former rookie of the year. Exactly, right? And, I mean, he was injured a lot late this year, so he's still trying to get back. And then they have a really deep bench. They have a lot of key players. They have Lopez. They have Eric Bledsoe. Chris Middleton is an all-star player. So they definitely have a lot of star power. And they're coming in with a lot of confidence from a lot of success from their regular season. So we'll see what happens. With that said, 
you can't overlook Toronto just because Toronto is experienced. They actually have a lot of playoff years. Plus, they have some key players with Kawhi and Danny Green. Marcus who have Sol. battled with yeah and Marcus who have battled with the Spurs and the Grizzlies respectively right so I wouldn't scoff at that series right now it's two one at the pot, at the time of recording yep. um, if Toronto can you know make it tough and extend the series you never know as we know as the longer series gets if one person gets injured yeah. the tempo of the series could really change so. We'll see what happens. With I know the what you're Conference. hoping for, though. You're hoping it goes seven games so they can get all worn out. <laughs> I know yeah, your train man. of thought, bro. I yeah. know your train of thought. Yeah, I want I want the Warriors to get better. We got nine days. Hopefully, KD will be good to go. Andre Iguodala's injury doesn't seem to be major, but you never know with Andre. And then Boogie his, apparently was ahead of KD in terms of his progress. So we might have a mm. boogie sighting in the NBA Finals, which makes me actually really excited because yeah. we really want to win for him in many ways just because his story has been an up-and-down roller coaster. So we'll see what happens with that. With that said, as we get closer to the Finals and we have a little bit more clarity, we can go deeper in terms of what the matchup will be. But I do expect a really, really tough NBA Finals matchup and I don't know we'll see man Houston it, it, before all of this Houston was in my head the biggest threat mm-hmm. but the more I watch these Eastern Conference teams man they it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough when you were talking about your Western Conference retrospective for the Warriors I was thinking that it was kind of weird to see in the Western Conference Finals the Blazers versus the Warriors. I felt like more of like a first round or second round matchup and the Houston Rockets and Warriors uh, semis was more of a Western Conference Finals matchup. It just didn't work out. The seeding worked out weird. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> the sweep, a, a sweep in the Western Conference Finals is actually really odd <laughs> because that's the two best teams in the West. I'll say that much. Uh, but kudos to to the Warriors for doing what they should be doing, which is close out teams and beyond that i do want to say this i want to put you on the spot bucks in toronto make a prediction right now it's 2-1 right now bucks are leading series date of recording this make a call yeah. you have no you have no investment dude you're, you're not rooting for one team or other come on <laughs> i'll say i'll say bucks in seven. Oh man you took my prediction home. dude you cheated off my paper <laughs> i'm also saying bucks in seven I, I, I'll, I'll be up front too. If the Bucks make the finals, I'm going to be rooting for the Bucks over the Warriors. <laughs> It'll be I'll tell you this. You. I'll tell you this. I mean, champ, you, you don't underestimate championship experience. Mm. The NBA Finals is a very different situation. Mm-hmm. The amount of scrutiny and amount of press, the amount of pressure that's put in yeah. to the team is, is, is magnified a hundred times. So... As well as the Bucks are playing, and as well as Toronto's playing, you know they have a lot of inexperienced players on their squad. Giannis has never made a finals before. Yep. LeBron has made eight straight finals prior to this. Um, so I'm just saying, you know, it's not that easy of a situation, and yeah. it's like the Super Bowl, bro. Like once yep. the Super Bowl happens, the game changes, and I'm hoping that the Warriors' experience and their health will put them at an advantage but you know it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough yeah and with that with with that said i do think in terms of a matchup and for experience toronto would probably fare better in terms of experience because Kawhi obviously is a champion and he's one of the most clutch players in the nba at least in the playoffs so far 
He's hit yeah. big shots. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of games to be played in that series, and I can't wait to watch it. And we'll be talking about these matchups as it goes throughout. And we'll definitely give an update on this a finals matchup once that's determined. So with that said, thank you for listening. You know, follow us on our IG account, Ball vs. Life Official. Shoot us an email at ballverselife at gmail.com. Give us a rating and subscribe to us. We will send you swag if we see your, your review and rating up there. I promise you that. So we look forward to, to talking to you guys episode 14. Thank you for listening. Peace. NBA Finals. Peace. <laughs>